Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast, a brand new one coming your way. Of course, we are part of Fansided and WhoDatDish.com. Be sure to check them out. If you're not living there, you should be bringing you the latest Saints news and analysis from yours truly. We're a conversation, of course. We love to talk to you guys, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. Give us your thoughts surrounding the Saints and what we talk about on this episode. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. I've got a little quote for you as we uh, start this episode for you. Uh, this is actually, uh, I messaged Mario Davis on Twitter asking for an inspirational quote to live by, uh, you know, from an ins- inspirational role model. And he said, he actually got back to me. He said, your little can do so much. So take that with a, you know, uh, take that anywhere you guys go. So, uh, but uh, we're good. We're here. We're back. And the boys are back in town. We're going to bring you guys another great episode. So uh, I like that tomorrow, Davis, brick by brick. Yeah. No matter no matter what amount of effort you put in or no matter what amount of effort you can give, goes a long way, especially for yourself. That's very good. I'm, I'm glad tomorrow sure. got back to you on that. That's awesome. Yeah, so, man. Awesome. There should be an episode up by now um, where we talk with our good friend Charlie Pollock. Uh, you guys know him on Twitter at St. Charlie. Good friend of the show. Fantastic uh, analysis and Saint fan. Um, we talked to him about first week of training camp. This episode is a little bit overdue, but we wanted to combine it with maybe something else. Not a whole lot of news came out before training camp, so we're just going to make this kind of a, I guess, a list episode, so to speak. We're going to be listing off some lists Drew Brees has been a part of uh, recently by the uh, NFL media, and we're going to be listing some position camp battles that you guys should be looking forward to, and we'll decide who we think will win. Uh, obviously, very early. Yep. We, we 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 haven't seen. We've only seen about five days from from training camp. But still, uh, it's always fun to do these position camp or position battles in training camp. We did a lot of that last year. So uh, stick around, keep listening for all of that. Going to do articles of the week real quick, uh, just by saying hoodatdish.com. If you're not living there, you guys definitely should be. Some of the great Saints content that you can find on the internet: news and analysis, takeaways from camp. Uh, really anything under the sun regarding the New Orleans Saints. Roy Anderson doing a great job over there. And, of course, that is our uh, branch off site uh, that we come from, that this podcast comes from. So if you're supporting us, you should be uh, supporting them as well. And also be sure to leave us a rating on iTunes, uh, five stars preferably if you enjoyed what you're listening <laughs> to. Uh, you can do four or five, doesn't matter. But uh, it helps us out, goes a long way for us. So uh, we appreciate it in advance. Thank you guys so much. So you ready to jump into the news, Tyler? It's, yeah, for sure, and uh, we've got to mention one thing. Guys, good news. I'm in the works of getting back and writing articles for Who Dat Dish, so yes. I'll be looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, Dan's pretty excited. So am I. Uh, I've got some good ideas that I want to talk about. I'm so. pumped, because yeah. around this time last year when we were starting the podcast, you were uh, generating about two articles per week, and they were in-depth, had a lot of numbers going <laughs> on, and I, I miss when you did that, man. I, I think you yeah, missed it, too. Yeah, me too. I think when you get back to it, you'll realize how much you missed it, so uh, it's a yeah. good time. Yeah, I already miss it now, to be honest, so. Yeah, well, hopefully you get back into it soon. Let's jump into the news for this uh, episode. It. Uh, it, mainly, this is going to be talking about some Drew Brees um, placement on some lists. So there's 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 three fairly big lists that I want to go over right now. Obviously, past episodes, we were talking about the NFL's top 100 players of 2018, which is exactly what it sounds like. The NFL asks players and coaches uh, their opinions on who are the top 100 players in the NFL uh, no position, whatever position, rank from 100 to 1. And Drew Brees was ranked mm-hmm. number 8. Uh, and, and last episode, we predicted him to rank in the 6 to 7 range with hopes of him being 3 to 4. 
yeah. and Drew Brees ended up going being number eight. Uh, so uh, ranked seventh was Aaron Donald. Six was Todd Gurley. Five was Le'Veon Bell. Four was Julio Jones. Three was Carson Wentz. Two was Antonio Brown. And the number one player in the NFL for the second year in a row was none other than the golden boy, Tom Brady, of course. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Tom wow. Brady was number one. So uh, Drew Brees was number eight. Um, and then NFL.com ran an article ranking Drew Brees as the 15th greatest quarterback of all time on a list of 16 Ooh. total guys. Yes, Joe Brandt, who actually uh, has a lot of content on NFL.com. I tend to really enjoy and agree with what he says. He compiled the list, uh, and obviously out of uh, 16 greatest quarterbacks of all time, any era, um, Drew Brees, for whatever reason, came in at uh, number 15. So pretty much saying that out of all these guys, only only one one is uh, one is worse than Drew Brees. So um, I'm, I'm going to pull up the whole list right now. Um, okay. Anyways, I'll give you my opinion while you do that. Well... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, l- l- let me let me first read out the the list to you real quick. Okay. Um, because so he goes Jim Kelly sixteen, uh, Drew Brees. That's 15. even really low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty low. So he so yeah, Jim Kelly was sixteen. Drew Brees was fifteen. Here are all the guys in front of Drew Brees, ranked ahead of him: Frank Tarkenton, Warren Moon, Terry Bradshaw, Sammy Baugh, Troy Aikman, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas. Roger Staubach, John Elway, Otto Graham, Joe Montana, Paint Manning, and Tom Brady. Uh, those are all the guys ranked ahead of Drew Brees. So, um, out of all those names, go ahead. Yeah, Tyler, what, what's your opinion on that, man? What what what, <laughs> what 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 do you think about this blasphemy? So, I think it's just funny, man. You know, a guy who's never really had an all-time great defense, like uh, that one Steeler uh, quarterback he named, uh, somebody who's never really had amazing weapons, you know, like uh, Randy Moss with Tom Brady or other people with other quarterbacks. Uh, Somebody right now that is only, I think, uh, third in not only passing yards but passing touchdowns and is about to break the passing yards to be first overall this season is ranked at the very bottom. I find that completely ridiculous. That's like, might as well just punch me in the face if you're going to say that to Drew Brees. Like, come on now, you know, and... I think it's just, it's crazy, you know, and Drew Brees, obviously, we know, like, I think, you, I don't think you'd know it if you weren't a Saints fan, but, like, as a non-biased or not, trying to not be a non-biased opinion, he, he's underrated. Like, a yeah. lot of people underrate him. You know, even Colin Cowherd once said in a video so many months ago that I keep on seeing on my Facebook timeline, shared by other Saints fans, how underrated Drew Brees is, you know, and I, I find it crazy that after all his accolades, after all of it, all of his records, winning the Super Bowl, changing the franchise of not only the New Orleans Saints, but the city of New Orleans, Louisiana for the rest of time, you know, it, it's just, it's crazy how, uh, how much disrespect he gets, you know, and I just don't get it. You know, he, he never had a, a true number one wide receiver that was really good. He never had a great defense. Sean Payton's never had a great great defense in the history of being with the Saints. Like, it's it's just insane. And if I had to, like, put him, like, anywhere, I will arguably, he'd probably go, like, in this list that, um, uh, you know, uh, that Gil Brandt put. Uh, if it was me, I would probably move him, like, maybe just, like, right near where Brett Favre is. But if it was my own list that I created myself, I think easily, easily top ten, easily top seven, you well, know. Brett Favre was eighth, so he'd for yeah. sure be uh, uh, top eight then in, in that scenario. Yeah, for me, um, 
I think the only guys you can rank over Drew Brees right now, and I mean, they have the accolades right here for Drew Brees, and they're better than a lot of guys. Uh, he, obviously, he's only won the Super Bowl once, and that, that might be what's That's hurting enough, him, I though. guess, maybe. But yeah, one Super Bowl is totally fine. But over 70,000 career passing yards, uh, over Which 500 touchdowns, he's going to be breaking these records. 72% completion percentage, and his career career completion percentage is 67 uh, and he had 72 last year, so that's just incredible. The only guys I'd rank in front of him, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and John Elway. Those are the only guys I, I could rank in front of him. Maybe, maybe, maybe Peyton Manning, only because he was a little more um, iconic during his uh, tenure because of how often he did go to the playoffs in the AFC Championship game. But mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, I probably still put Breeze over Manning. So top four, top five for me for Breeze. Definitely underranked. As far as the NFL Top 100 players of 2018 list goes, for him being number eight, Absolute disrespect. Too low. I would put Breeze over Aaron Donald. I'd put Breeze over Todd Gurley as well. And I, I definitely, I, I don't know why Carson Wentz is so high up. Obviously, he had a great year last year, but you cannot put him up there. Carson Wentz should not have been in the top 10. I, I'm fine with him. Top Come back 15, from top injury, 20. too. Come back from injury, yeah. So, and, and we're talking about of 2018. We don't know if he'll be the same guy. So, um, Wentz is too high. I think Julio Jones is too, uh, too high. I do agree with Brady and Brown being one and two. After that, I'd probably have Drew Brees third. Uh, the only other guy yeah. that I mentioned on there that I'd rank in front of him may be Le'Veon Bell, but again, with how wishy-washy he is, uh, I might even go Todd Gurley over over Le'Veon Bell uh, in some lists. So, but what? So, what about you? What do you th- would would do you agree? Then would you be third or fourth with Brees? Top one hundred. Um, yeah, easily top five. It's just ridiculous yeah. how much disrespect he even gets there, you know. And I mean, obviously, it's great that they actually recognize him to put him in the top ten this time. Because last year he wasn't even in the top ten. I I think he was like sixteen or something. But um, yeah, he deserves to be at the top. You know, like that's not even me being a Saints fan. That's just me recognizing yeah. how grave a player he is. You know, like they put Tom Brady at one. He's older than Drew Brees and is still producing. Drew Brees. Is only a couple of years younger than Tom Brady and is still producing, hasn't shown any signs of, uh, you know, uh, of him getting, you know, older and him losing his touch. So, in my opinion, if you're going to put Tom Brady that high, Drew Brees deserves to be at least, at the very least, right below him. Yeah. You know, and it's just incredible how nobody seems to care about Drew Brees these days or gives him any sign of respect. But it's, it's crazy. Well, except I don't for know. us, though. I don't know if it's because technically New Orleans is a small football market. I don't know if Maybe. that's the reason why he's so overlooked so often, or it could be the three straight seven to nine seasons, no playoff appearances. We don't hear his name in January and February as often as we would like to. Obviously, that's kind of changing now, but it is towards the tail end of his career. So, you know, uh, it's it, it sucks that. Between 2009 and 2016, he had so many mediocre years because of how terrible the defense was. Obviously, he had fantastic offensive outputs for almost every single one of those seasons. But in terms of the overall team and their record, that's what a lot of fans outside of New Orleans and media members care about. And that's kind of what's lacking. So that's very unfortunate. But still, you look on paper, you look at him operating in the game and his leadership value, he's definitely better than number eight on the list. He's definitely better than the 15th greatest quarterback ever. Uh, I think that that's that's a fairly universal uh, opinion right there. Um, and then I agree. another kind of it's not not so a list. This is more so a prediction. But Nate Davis of USA Today predicts that the Saints will finish this season with eleven and five, uh, an eleven and five record, and All lose right. to the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC Championship Boo. game. Yes, I know, Dirty Birds. So in the prediction, uh, the Saints and the Dirty Birds have the same regular season record, but Atlanta wins the division and goes on to win the Super Bowl over the Los so Angeles weird. Chargers. So kind of odd. Um, 
he, he was very high up on the Chargers. I'm not that high up on the Chargers. I do think they'll make the playoffs, though. They'll be better than they were last year, but I don't know about Super Bowl. Same with the Falcons. I don't know about all, all that Super Bowl talk, obviously. Even if I did think they had a chance, I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of the Falcons. Uh, who that baby all the way. But, uh, hey. so I don't know. What do you think about that prediction? 11 and 5. So the season, for those of you that haven't listened to uh, our episode, Charlie, which is out right now, or should be out right now, if you're listening right now. Um, we predicted pretty much either 11 and 5, 12 and 4, 10 and 6 area yeah. range for the Saints to win. So kind of kind of in our ballpark. Yeah, for sure. And like that I agree with. That I think is fine. But I mean, is Nate Davis an undercover Falcons fan because I think any Falcons fan fan's dream at this point is to have both teams make the championship game uh-huh. and to have the Saints lose it. Or I don't even think that's the, uh, true. I think any Falcons fan's dream is just to have the Falcons beat the Saints in general. Yeah. But um, I, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous, you know? Like, I, I can't see that happening. Not the slightest, you know? And I don't know. You know, like, I, I feel like the Saints are a great team this year. You know, uh, like we said in the other uh, podcast episode, the Saints play great when there are a lot of great teams they have to play. So I, I couldn't see that in the slightest. Maybe any other NFC team, but not anybody from the NFC South in a championship game. No way. Yeah. But what'd you, what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, yeah. Can you believe that? I, I, I was pretty shocked, but I'm glad he did have us going to the, to the championship game at least. But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised to see the Falcons there. But, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They were there two years ago, and they made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game. So, you know, it does it, it makes sense to have them there, but I I don't see it. I could definitely see the Saints going to the Super Bowl though. That, that that's all I got to say. Not against the Chargers though most likely, but we'll see. Anything can happen, but I just thought that was uh, you know, pretty interesting to see um how high he had the Saints going and and so that was awesome to see. Uh a couple sure. other bits of news regarding the Saints new linebacker DeMario Davis and Redskins cornerback Josh Norman worked with Races. Uh, and that stands for Refugees and Immigrant Center for Educational and Legal Services. If you guys, uh, obviously, you all know about the um, whole immigration, uh, you know, children being taken away from their families. You guys know about that whole ordeal. I uh, won't get too much into it, obviously, because you guys have uh, been hearing about it for the past few weeks. But um, it, it's great to see athletes go out of their way to help out these kids. Uh, so they made a late night visit to a Walmart where they loaded up carts full of backpacks, personal hygiene items, and uh, soccer balls, items like that. Toys to play for these kids uh, who are separated from their families for whatever reason. So it's great to see, you know, like I said, athletes going out of their way to, to help out kids like that. And then for some roster updates, uh, this happened, uh, I think, last week. Uh, the Saints have signed Shane Vereen, former Giants and Patriots running back, and they have injury-waived Daniel Lasco. So by Daniel Lasco, most likely we will not be seeing him unless we randomly pick him up for the practice squad later on in the season. Shane Vereen, we talked about it in the other episode with Charlie about whether or not he'll make the team. But what would you think of the move, getting, getting Vereen? Um, I, it's cool. You know, it, it doesn't help. I mean, it does help, you know, especially with uh, a bit of uncertainty right now, you know, with all of the running backs. Let's see. So how, how many running backs do we have total? We so, have Ingram, Kamara, Scott, yeah. Terrence West. We've got a lot of people. Vereen, Jonathan yeah, Williams. Vereen. So I think we have a total of six. Oh, Trey Edmonds, too. So I think we have seven yep. on the roster. Or it's crazy on, how many we've got right now. On this 90-man roster right now. Yeah, it is crazy. So that's probably going to dwindle down to four or like, five. Yeah, at, at the very um, most. But I, I think it's a good move, you know. I think, you know, he's been with a couple different teams. 
I, I think he's somebody that, you know, has that not only the leadership, you know, the wisdom, you know, the experience, but I think he's somebody that could bring something, you know, uh, he's not like a cookie cutter running back like everybody else, you know, and he, he's not like every other uh, running back that we have right now. So I think he could bring something, you know, and it'd be interesting to see if he uh, sticks around, you know, and I, I'd like to see him uh, stay, you know, because I think that'd be cool for him. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, I would like to see Vereen, another veteran running back, on the roster because we have, obviously, Kamara, young guys entering in second year. Boston Scott is a rookie. Uh, Trey Very Edmonds young. has been around for a few years, of course, but uh, same with uh, Terrence West and now Shane Vereen. So uh, one of those guys is going to end up making it, but Vereen has been part of a Super Bowl team. He was up with the Giants, so he's been around other veteran legendary quarterbacks such as Brady and Manning. So I'd like to see what he can bring to the team, not just on the field for some supporting cast in that backfield, but also just as some veteran leadership in the locker room and on the sideline. So, yeah, I'd like to see him make the team for sure. And he's a speedy back. You're right. He's not a cookie-cutter guy. He's he's, He's kind of thinner. A little bit taller than most running backs, but he is—he's—he's uh, he's pretty shifty, pretty fast, and uh, yeah, he can make some plays. Um, and we, speaking of training camp, I think we've got some battles to get to. Uh, yeah, I for guess sure, we, man. We kind of talked about Vereen in the last episode for his battle, but uh, we have three other ones to get to. Yes, we do on this episode. Yeah, with that being said, though, you know, uh, obviously, you know, as things progress, especially with uh, the Saints, you know, uh, this team isn't any different from all the other. 31 teams and 14 have to make cuts. You know, uh, as weeks progress, we're going to be seeing, you know, this team dwindle from, I think, the 90, 100 players we've got now to uh, eventually to top 70 to eventually the 53. But uh, before that happens, we want to get some uh, battles in, you know, talk about some names like we did last year and see, you know, who we think is going to make the cut and who doesn't. So the first one I've got for you, Dayton, is actually a wide receiver battle. It's between uh, your man Keith Kirkwood or Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, the, uh, the receiver that has had up and down, you know, sort of like a, a hill, you know, a kind of journey with the Saints. But uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot out of, uh, Tommy Lewis out of, Tommy Lee Lewis out of camp because he's been mixed in with the other punt return kind of drama that's been going on. Uh, Sean Payton's compared it to the bachelor, uh, of people they've been trying to find for that punt returner spot. So, um, I, I'm going to give the nod right now to Tommy Lee Lewis for that fact, but Keith Kirkwood, uh, I was really excited to see what what he'd be able to do in, in training camp, but I haven't heard much out of him for the past five yeah. days. So I'm not sure what's been going on there, but other guys like Traquan Smith, uh, and, and of course you have Brandon Coleman in front there, as well as Cam Meredith. Those guys are kind of blocking the way for, for some guys to get reps. But hopefully after the guys have the day off tomorrow, Keith Kirkwood is going to be uh, more prominent in, in practice, and I can get to see him. Um, catch some balls from Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, Tom Savage. So, but right now I'd give the I give the nod to uh, Lewis right now. Hopefully, yeah, I'd love to see that too. You know, um, I think you know the best part uh, about these training camps is when you know you have these guys fighting for spots. You know, it brings out the best out of everybody. And you know, and it, it's funny with Tommy Lee Lewis, you've got a guy who. He's been on the roster for a little bit, you know. He he knows the team a bit. He's had good moments, like especially uh, this year, for example, how he's been making a lot of uh, plays for himself, a lot of highlight reels, a lot of good things going his way. But at the same time, though, you know, with the punk kick returns, fumbling it, you know, that, that kind of thing doesn't help. But but at the same time, though, you have Keith Kirkwood, a receiver who you know we haven't really heard of, you know, like you said, and there are a ton of receivers right now 
fighting for only like four or five spots and maybe he's just getting lost in the mix but i would have to agree with you though and i would say that tommy Lee lewis between the two if i if i had to make a cut uh tommy Lee lewis would make the team so the next one we've got is actually going to be in the back uh in the secondary so we've got uh, special teams gunner uh justin hardy you know guy who's been known for making plays on special teams and we've got arthur millette you know a hometown kid you know from louisiana who's been uh, a fan fra- favorite. He's been on some local podcasts. Uh, he was on the Under the Dome podcast one time I was on. Um, great guy, you know, uh, short, but really cool. You know, uh, actually been making a name for himself this year. So what would you say, uh, Dan, between those two? I know it's a really tough choice, but who would you say uh, makes the team between those two? Yeah, I like both of these guys. I've done a player profile on Hardy for this year, and I'm working on one for Mollet. So I, I know both of them fairly well off of, what I've seen them play in off paper, but if I'm going to go with it, um, I think the guy who's going to bring the boom more so for us is going to be Justin Hardy. Uh, I think obviously he's, he's made a few more plays on special teams than Mollett has both during practice and just during the regular season. We saw him with the, with the blocked punt last year. Um, so I'd go Justin Hardy. I think he has a little bit more value. He's a little bit more, um, fundamentally sound than Arthur Mollett when it comes to what what you're doing as a gunner and special teams but I do think Mollett is the the better cover guy on defense but um for for special teams what we're going to utilize these guys for Hardy's going to be more valuable to us than Mollett so I, I'd go with Hardy but I wouldn't be mad either way I actually hope both of those guys be mm. on the team that'd be awesome I agree a thousand percent. So it's funny when I look at these two names. On one side, you've got Justin Hardy, a guy who, like we said, uh, excels in special teams, isn't exactly known, you know, for a ton just on the defense because he's, you know, like a backup of a backup. But, uh, you know, a guy who's very quick and can make plays on the special teams and is very helpful that way. Especially, we didn't even really mention it, but um, neither in the other episode either, that how things are changing with special teams and. With the new rules, you're gonna have, you're gonna need people, you know, who can especially get down the field, make plays, and that's Justin Hardy. He's the player you want. By the same time, though, this is where things get really crazy because you have Arthur Millette, somebody that didn't exactly stand out last year, but uh, from what I've been reading, somebody this year that has made a ton of improvements. I've seen videos of of him actually having really good lockdown coverage on people. You know, somebody that's been making plays, pass breakups, you name it, he's been doing it. Somebody that, like, I've been seeing from time and time again this year, uh, like on my Twitter feed, going, you know, how people are saying, wow, I can't believe, you know, how much uh, Arthur Mullet has changed, how much he's grown, you know. Like, this happens with players. You see a lot of guys who you typically wouldn't expect, you know, to make this kind of leap. But it seems like from right now, from these observations, that he's doing so well so quickly. So... It's tough if I had to make a choice. I think, I think right now I would almost pick Justin Hardy simply because of the impact he would make on the field. Arthur Millette, you know, he he's not going to be a starter. We've got, you know, Lattimore, Crawley, all those guys in front of him, you know. But I, I think right now, if I, you know, I would love to keep both, but I think simply because of due diligence and who would make the bigger impact, Justin Hardy would make a bigger impact on special teams because he'd be starting over Arthur Millette who wouldn't be starting on defense. So I would go with that. But like I said, I'll agree with you 100%. They both need to make this team, though. You know, they're both great players, for sure. Solid backups, you know? Yes, sir. (laughs) And the last but not least, we've got a really interesting one here. We've actually got two players, you know, we haven't really talked about much, but I think this is a great, uh, great, uh, great place to open up this book and talk about it. 
because uh, this position is a very important one, and we need the best players here. So the first one, we've got Trevor uh, Darling, who is actually from, uh, he's an offensive lineman from the Hurricanes. So he he's an offensive lineman who is a bit rough around the edges. You know, he meets all the size, the shapes, you know. He isn't super athletic, you know. He doesn't have the best blocking sometimes. But he's overall a candidate of somebody who could be a decent backup offensive lineman, you know, and who could grow as maybe a quality starter if we ever needed it. On the other side, you have Landon Turn, somebody who's actually been with the Saints for a while now, uh, was projected so long ago to be a fourth-round pick, a third, fourth-round pick. I believe we picked up as an undrafted free agent, you know, out of uh, North Carolina, UNC. But, um, you know, he's somebody that high hopes for him. You know, we we really want a lot out of him, haven't really got that. But the question is yours, Dayton. Who do you think makes the team and why between so, those two? Yeah, I'm going to go with the veteran like I did with Lewis over Kirkwood. I'm going to go with uh, Landon Turner over Darlene Turner. Uh, like you said, from UNC, six foot four, 300-pound guy. He is absolutely ginormous, which is exactly kind of <clears throat> the road the Saints are going down in terms of the guys they're going to be putting up front. They're really looking for size now. Trevor Darling out of the University of Miami, fairly athletic guard, but I don't. I think he, he kind of lacks some of the, um, uh, I, I guess, the you know grown man uh, plays that Landon Turner can make yeah. on the offensive line. So I'd rather have Turner for depth sakes, uh, but Darling would be a very interesting guy that we could eventually – um, have be a, you know important guy on special teams or uh, some backup guard for whoever on that offensive line in a couple of years if we decide to keep him. But uh, I'd go with Landon Turner right now. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, I, although I do agree with you, I'm actually uh, on the overall concept. I'm going to disagree. Here's why. Landon Turner, you know, like we said, has been here for a few seasons. You know, I almost I don't know if I expected, but I would almost hope that. After all this time, uh, we would hear something about his progression, about how he's been doing, mm -hmm. about if he's ever uh, going to move up the depth chart. But I haven't, though. It always seems like uh, that he would always just be on the third, uh, the third stream off a third strain offensive line. You know, like they would never uh, put him with the twos, even. You know, and I just think right now, from how long he's been here, what we should be expecting, he just hasn't met the bar. So with that being said, I'd almost take the unproven Trevor Darling over him just because of, like we said, you know, although he, he has a size a bit, hasn't made all the plays, hasn't, you know, hasn't been up to par in the sake of what offensive linemen, offensive linemen are expected to do. I think hopefully with the right coaching, maybe he could create a bigger impact for himself than what Landon Turner has done with his time here. Cause I think this year, you know, we, we signed Will Clapp, we signed Rick Leonard, I feel like some linemen are going to be getting cut, even if it means that some of the linemen that have already been here. So I think if it did come down to these two, I think it'd be really interesting. My pick would be Darling, though, over Turner. Okay, I like. Yeah, you might end up. It might. Good case for either one of them, though. Like you said, it's smart sometimes to go with the younger guy who's unproven because you might be able to shape him, and he might end up being put into more effort to improving than uh, Landon Turner, who has been given some chances uh, as you hit on. So, um, yeah, those yeah. are just a few position battles we'll be going over the next few weeks as training camp. Uh, heats up uh, and yep. this is a, a short episode so this is all the time we got for today we thank you guys so much for tuning in just some news that and we notes do for you uh, go ahead Tyler 
Thanks, man. Thank you. So, guys, uh, like Dane said, we appreciate all the support, the love you guys share us. You know, make sure, first of all, if you do anything regarding this podcast, make sure to tweet us back and give us a follow on Twitter because we love interacting with you guys. Speaking of Twitter, here's where you can follow us. So, the Who That Dish podcast at the WDD podcast, you can follow us there. Check out our new banner, too, that we just uh, got updated. Which says on it that you can actually check us out on Spreaker, Spreaker and iTunes. Also with Twitter, you can follow Dayton Brown, the other good guy on the other side of the mic, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can check out Who That Dish on the internet. Just Google Who That Dish. And also check them out on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. But yeah, like we said, though, we appreciate all the love and support, you guys. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. We have more special guests coming in as the weeks progress. We'll have more uh, crazier things to talk about as, you know, uh, the roster starts to come to shape, all these preseason games. It's going to be insane. You don't want to miss it because from now until February, we're going to be giving you guys the best Saints content this side of the Mississippi. So it's going to be great. Thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Most important thing is that yep. you can do to support this podcast right now. Uh, for for Tyler sure. Raymond, I'm Dayton Brown. We'll talk to you guys yep. next week. And as always, who dat? Who dat? <laughs>